Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Artist Block Podcast. It's your host Julian. Go ahead, like, review, and rate us everywhere you get your podcast. You know, today's episode, we have someone who is a music grad, film student, inspiring screenwriter, an author, has written multiple books. This woman is a hustler in its purest sense and we get to dive into all of that on today's episode so go ahead and enjoy my conversation with a friend of mine leslie neal oh but how have you been yo oh my gosh that is such a loaded question <laughs> you know um <laughs> i you know i'll start by saying that um i didn't know that i could be doing this well in life you know what i mean that's a so I bar. Guess, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never thought that you know all the things that I used to think I could do that I would actually be doing it. You know, and when I lived in Virginia, I swear, when I look back on that time, it was such a huge limitation on everything that I wanted to do and what I wanted to be. And I equated moving back home to California with failure. That's why it took me so long to come back. Wow. And my mom, yeah, my mom finally, she was like, you know, you lived over there for like 15 years. You don't really have to prove anything to nobody. You did it. You did what you went over there to do. You lived there without your family, without anybody, you know, really close to you, you know. So when I came back here, I mean, literally from the day that I pulled up, because I drove, because I'm cheap, you know. <laughs> so You drove when, cross country? <laughs> Yeah, I made my brother fly to Baltimore. <laughs> and one of my friends, um, she was like, you could stay at my house. Because she moved to California, too, like mm-hmm. a week before me. And she was like, you could stay at our old house. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll leave the key under the mat. And she lived in Woodbridge. So I told my brother, I was like, hey, fly to Baltimore. I'll come pick you up. And then we'll just drive across the country. And I don't know what geography book I was looking at, why I would tell him to go to Baltimore when he definitely should have flown into Dulles or DC. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, it was like the dumbest drove thing. drove past so many airports. <laughs> like, I don't understand. But, <laughs> but nevertheless, I did drive the hour and a half to, uh, to Catonsville, Maryland. And, uh, and then we got on, got on the road. My brother has never been to the East Coast you know, so he was just like. So did y'all get um, to at least experience Baltimore or anything no, like that before actually, y'all left? Actually, we left at like uh, his flight came in a whole hour early, so it was unexpected when he got in. And you know, and big ups to Spirit Airlines because everybody always <laughs> talking crap about them, and, and then he got here like a whole hour early. You know, and I'm like, wait a minute, I thought. I, I just knew you were going to be late. I just knew there was going to be a problem because you flew on spirit. And he's like, no, I'm here. But it was one o'clock in the morning, you know, so we didn't get to do anything. And you know, he didn't feel like coming in the first place. So <laughs> so it was really like we wouldn't have had time to experience Baltimore anyway, even if it was the daytime because he was just ready to go. Yeah. So, yeah, we hopped right in the car. Uh, you see my Honda Civic. Like, mm-hmm. just, just imagine my Civic with me and my brother in the front, uh, a 50 inch LCD TV in the back seat 
with like clothes piled up to the top where you can't see out the back window. Like that's pretty much how we were rolling. That's <laughs> it. You so, that, that's all you, you just, that's all you had. <laughs> that's all I had. I gave away and sold everything I could. And everybody was like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Just come in, come take my furniture all the way down to the dishes. Mm. Come take these dishes. There's food in the fridge, whatever y'all can come <laughs> in here and take take it before this apartment complex lock up the apartment for good i'm mm-hmm. out and then i bounced so yeah <laughs> so before even going back to cali how did you end up in virginia oh uh, so one of my friends uh she she's a couple of years younger than me we actually met at church the funniest story I met her mother first and I did not like her mom. And <laughs> I thought her mom was just like, uh, like she wanted church people, like, you know, them church people, like she yeah. wanted them church people. So, so I had uh, met her mom at first and I didn't like her. And I remember one time I was at choir rehearsal and her mom was walking into the choir stands and her mom tripped and fell. Well, you know me, how ignorant my laugh is. My laugh was loud and ignorant. Everybody oh was like, God. are you okay? I'm doing the ignorant laugh, you know, like, and didn't even realize it was me. It was almost an out-of-body experience. Like, who is that laughing like that? It's you. So, um, yes. Yeah, so when uh, when I met my friend, her name is Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, let me introduce you to my mom. She takes me to her mom. And I'm like, there's no way that this oh is your mom. Oh, my mother. God. Yeah. So, uh, so after, like, you know, <laughs> I guess fixing whatever miscommunications <laughs> that we had where we didn't like each other, you know, her mom asked me uh, to be a part of this little, like, ministry group that she had with like older teenagers or young adults uh, being like mentors for the younger girls. I'm like, I ain't nobody's mentor. (laughs) Um, But she obviously saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And then after knowing them for like about a year, uh, she just asked me, she was like, you know, we're leaving. I'm selling my house and I'm retiring. I'm moving to Virginia. Do you want to go? I have never said yes to nothing so fast in my life. Really? Yeah. Like I didn't even think about it first. Like she said it and I was like, yeah, sure. That would probably like, be no. me. That would probably be me yeah, if she, somebody asked me to go somewhere. She, I mean, you know, she she was like, no, I'm asking you if you want to move. No, I said, yeah, sure. And, <laughs> you know, like maybe a week later, I told my parents and they were just looking at me like, what? You moving with who? Who's this person? And I was like, don't worry about it. Like, like, oh. it's cool. Yeah. And my I tell you, my my family, they were not OK with me leaving. Um, wow. Like as it like. I, I had to visit Virginia a few times with them, um, mm-hmm. with Tiffany and her mom. And, um, you know, like the first time, because we moved to Williamsburg. I didn't initially come okay. to Hampton Roads. So we lived in Williamsburg. And I remember the first time, the first trip there, and there was a thunderstorm. I had never been through anything like that in my life. Yeah, and, I don't get um, those over there. <clears throat> yeah, we we don't, you know. Uh, it'd be on fire over here, you know, like it's fires and earthquakes. I don't know I'll why. Take a, I'll take a thunderstorm I'll, I'll over that, that any day. <laughs> and I was willing to take the fires and earthquakes over over the thunderstorm because I had seen Twister a bunch of times. And I'm like, this can't be good. And, you know, and um, then like we were staying with their with uh, Tiffany's family and they were like, you know, get away from the TV. 
you know, don't talk on the phone. And I was like, are you oh, serious they were, right they, now? Oh, my God. Yeah. This sounds like my mom. So, <laughs> so they, they were scaring me. They were like, get away from the windows. I was like, well, what's going to happen? Nothing. So they had me. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> they had me sitting in the middle of a room with the lights off, like 10 feet away from a phone. You know, and it was just like, so now what do we do? So now what, what year was <laughs> it? What year was this? Oh, uh, man, this was in like 2003. 2003 oh. 2002 2003 was when i was visiting we actually moved there in 2003 november of 03 and uh i swear to you if it, if it was based off of the weather i would have never come um and then another situation happened on a second visit um they took me to water country and i can't swim and oh her mom God. is very her mom is so aggressive uh tiffany's mom is she one of the reasons i didn't like her when i first met her right and she made me get on the water slide. I'm like, I cannot, ma'am, I cannot swim. This is not something my parents did. I, I don't swim. I can't. And she's like, oh, you'll be okay. And the uh, dude was like, oh, the, the water only comes up to your knees. Well, the water came up to my chest. And uh, you died. It, yeah, a couple times. <laughs> I actually ended up in the emergency room because I dislocated my knee um, when I got yeah. into the, yeah. And then when I tried to pull myself off the water, the guy that was on the coming down the slide afterwards kicked me in the side of the head. When he came off the slide, kicked me in the side of the head, knocked me back in the water. And I'll never forget the lifeguards dragging me out. And I was like, I'm not moving to Virginia. That's the second time that this state then tried to <laughs> take me out. That was your sign. <laughs> Those were my signs. I, nope, I'm not coming. I didn't, they didn't have me sitting in the living room with a flashlight away from the lightning. And now I didn't get kicked in the face by this guy on the water. So I'm not coming. So, but, you know, I changed my mind. I figured, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. <laughs> so when you moved here, you said it was like 03, right? Yeah, it was 03 when gas was $1.15 a gallon. Ooh, I'll never I, forget that. I, I, I miss those days so much. <laughs> I definitely took that for granted because I was a child. But yeah. <laughs> but so what was like your... How was it adjusting to Virginia? It was actually really hard because I'm from Oakland. Mm -hmm. So Oakland is a pretty decent sized city. Well, it's not a big city. A lot of people think Oakland is a big city. LA is a big city. Yeah. <laughs> Oakland is not big. There's just a lot of people there, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, and so it, the, the thing about Virginia or moving to uh, Williamsburg, because I, I, there's a very distinct difference between moving to Williamsburg and the Hampton Roads. Uh, Williamsburg was, is yeah, it's such a small area. Um, everybody knows everybody. And it's not just that everybody knew everybody. Everybody knew everybody's business, mm -hmm. you know. And, and then being new, one thing that I didn't like was that uh, a lot of the, you know, Southerners... <laughs> I'll be nice. Um, they didn't <laughs> like us because we were from California. So they thought we were just a bunch of dumb city girls. Oh my you know? God. And yeah. So they really treated us like, like we didn't understand the concept of, of boiling water, you know, like they, they treated us like we, like, like we, uh, like we lived in these mansions surrounded by the beach and have butlers and like we didn't know how to do nothing and I'm like well if that was the case I would not be here <laughs> um, you know and contrary to popular belief uh, California is mostly farmland I think that people think 
California is all beaches and palm trees. The majority of the state is um, fields and, and country, you know, and it, it cracks me up when people, you know, every time I would tell somebody when I first moved there, oh, I'm from California, first thing they say, oh, I love L.A. I'm, that's great, but I'm from Oakland. Yeah, there's <laughs> you know, like people don't understand that there's there's different counties and cities in the state of California. Yeah. Like and there's Oakland. Oakland is six hours away from L.A. Yeah. So like nothing six hours. If there's anything I learned about L.A., nothing's close nothing. or even ca- in California. There's nothing's close and no. there's always traffic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we I think we've gotten everybody beat um, as far as traffic is concerned. I, I so, yeah. So. But yeah, yeah, like that that's the crazy thing how like people just assume, but I think it's a a recent a recency bias where it's mm-hmm. like you only know what you've seen or heard, and most of the people probably never left Virginia a day in their life, yeah, a lot of them have never left Williamsburg, which mm-hmm. was obvious, you know, yeah. um. But one thing I did um, notice a lot of when we first moved there is we we moved into a really nice area. We lived over by the College of William and Mary. Yeah, it's nice and, over there. Um, yeah, it, we live in this beautiful area. But I noticed all these buffets. Like I I always said, if I ever had a chance to really go in on on Williamsburg, Virginia, I'm gonna talk about these buffets because there was like the Pizza Hut buffet, there was the Kentucky Fried Chicken buffet. There was Golden Corral. I had never seen Golden Corral in my life. Um, there was uh, all the pancake places. You know, yep. you got Mama Steve's. You got all these pancake spots. And I was like, is that what they do here? Is there nothing else to do? It's terrible here. Well, we discovered Bush Gardens. I was like, okay, there's Bush Gardens. But when you leave Bush Gardens, now you're back to pancakes and buffets. Like, yeah. it's just so weird. Because <laughs> there's nothing around Bush Gardens. There's nothing around there. Um it, it just it was crazy, you know. So my first impression living there was just like these people cannot be happy. Like you guys live in this very close knit area. Have you ever seen outside of the seven five seven? Have you ever seen outside of the two three one eight five? Your zip code? Have you ever, you know? And I I just it 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 really was not um the most fun. Uh, moving there but I I'll say uh after a couple of years being there um my friend's mom she bought a house me thinking not you know not really looking at Williamsburg as thinking oh this is probably as bad as it can get no when no she bought it the house, gets a lot worse that, that, <laughs> she she bought the house I don't know if you know where New Kent County is mm-hmm. she buys a house New Kent County we live in Providence Forge nobody knows where that is um and we're like in the woods we live in the woods there's a lot like, of that in virginia in the woods and um there was nothing but trees around us uh she bought this house on five acres of land Ooh. and my first question was who the hell is gonna cut this grass that was like question <laughs> number one um question number two uh, <laughs> was we don't have city water now we have a well like I got introduced to a lot of stuff I would have never seen in my life here in California. And uh, yeah, so yeah, it was different. Um, going out was different. You know, um, I think my first going like quote unquote going out was like in Surrey County. I got invited to this party 
in Surrey County. There's nothing Julian. in Surrey. I have family Surrey in County. Surrey. There's nothing out there. <laughs> I was Surrey, just out there last Surrey. week. There's nothing there. Surrey County. No, I need people to understand. I had to drive my car onto the ferry yes. to go yes. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, and that's the thing, because Williamsburg and Surrey are literally so close. Exactly. That it's like, yeah, you got to take the ferry. You, gotta, you drive your car to the ferry and it takes you across. And you're in Surrey. And yes. it's, it's weird. I was like, I told, because I, like I said, I got family that live in Surrey. I was like, I could never live out here. I love y'all property. Like y'all have a lot, a lot of land and a beautiful home. But I got to take a ferry to go grocery shopping? No. Man. And if you miss the ferry, you are SOL. Yeah, like... You, you got to wait another <laughs> 10, 20 minutes for the next one. And then they they run further apart the later it gets. Yep. You know, so I the first outing I went to, um, I remember it was when we still lived in Williamsburg, and um, me and me and Tiffany were working at Kmart. You know, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And I was like, uh, I told, uh, I I walked around the store to do something, and this guy. You know, he's trying to holler, and I'm like, bro, I am so sure that I'm like way older than you. Um, and I was, he was like 19. I was like 20, 22, 23. Oh my God. And, uh, Give him a chance. Yeah, I was Jesus like, Christ. There's, there's teen after his age, like teen. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so he's like, we're having a party and I'm like, okay, where he's like Surrey County. And I'm thinking, oh, that must be around the corner. Cause the way you invite me, it just sounds like it's close. Uh, and I swear I, I swear to you, I've been, I lived in Virginia for 14 and a half years and mm-hmm. I've been to Surrey County like three times. Like it just, and, and that party was just like one of those times. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, um, life didn't really start to kick off out there until we moved. When I moved to uh, New Kent, then I was closer to Richmond, you know, mm-hmm. and I did dirt, I did dirt in Richmond, you know, yes. And then, yes. but, but then like, Richmond is kind of violent, you know. So kind of, I was, I was saying people get shot. I was like, oh, oh, you know. So I'm, mm, let me go back to uh to the forest where I live. Um, I had left Virginia, moved to Philly. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I left uh shortly after that. Uh. And I, I moved to Philly, <laughs> and right. boy, did that change my yeah, life! I was so. say you just okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. So I'm a I'm gonna jump forward a uh, a couple years here. Oh so, sure. All right. So I met you at Dominion Enterprise, which was one of the funnest jobs I've ever had. Um, Me too. Doesn't it suck that like like we're not there anymore, man? Yeah. It's like one of the best jobs. Yeah, all the blacks are gone. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! But it was that, and I had no idea that. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing at that job, but I had it. You, <laughs> I had it. You, yeah. I remember your interview. I remember the day of your interview. Uh, we saw you come out of Jen's office. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we were we were messaging her. We were sending her all these IMs. We were like, he cute. You gotta hire <laughs> he cute. He cute. And then um and um oh god, what is her name? Shoot, uh Kim. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, he cute. She was like, find out if he's single. I'm like, no, he looks young. No, I can't. No, that's not what I'm saying. I just want other guys here. You know, there's no eye candy in the office. Oh my so, god! Yeah, so they're like, look, we're not gonna hire nobody because they cute. But well, he does, he does fit into the, you know, to the office. So we will, you know, consider him. I was like, bro, she, I, she yeah. called me ten minutes later. Right. She right. called me like 10 minutes later. I, I, swear, I was like, what? All right. <laughs> Ain't even got out the elevator good. Yes. I'm I was in the you. car driving home and she calls me. I'm like, all right, bet. Yo, my interview, we're in the middle of my interview, and um they come in the in the room talking about we had to evacuate the building because it was a gas Ooh. leak because yeah because when we first when they first uh, uh called me for the job when i went by the office they were doing road work out there mm-hmm. you know and i was like oh man where can i where do i park if i work here you know so uh when i went in for the interview everything's going good and one of them people came in was like we gotta evacuate they closed the whole building and she's, we couldn't even get it on the elevator. So, had to take the you stairs. know what I'm saying? Had to take the stairs. I got on high heels Damn. on the 13th floor. Struggling. And I'm running down the stairs with her while she's trying to offer me the jobs in the stairwell. Because she's <laughs> like, anybody who can stay calm during this, I need you on my team. Yep. I was like, hey, hey, you yep. got me. You know, and it ended up being one of the best places I ever worked. Not even for the pay you know it was just the atmosphere yeah you know it was a good atmosphere i miss i miss jobs like that where you could feel good at work because mm-hmm. nowadays i don't know what be going on you always <laughs> on eggshells now but i missed that yeah. job i missed that job too and it was funny because I, I thought about this recently it was like i think i messed up i think i'm the reason why i'm not there anymore because i got that job because I, I got it through a temp agency Mm-hmm. and so they were like all right you got it for a year but when my year hit no one said anything and i was still getting checks mm. and i messed around and emailed i sent jenna email and she was like oh yeah um all right well uh we'll miss you <laughs> i was like what yeah i was like because i hit her up asking her about like full-time positions and i'm like dang if I would have never said nothing, I could probably still yeah. been there in the new building and everything. Yeah, I went to visit them in the new building when I came out to visit a couple of years ago. You uh-huh. know, um, such a like I like the building we were in, but the new one is just so much better. Like the view is just oh yeah. so dope, and they're higher up. They're on the twentieth floor, I think, Ooh. in the new building. You know, so I was like walking around my office. It just looks so good. You know, the crazy thing. I don't know if I should have been offended or not, but I was talking to a group of people and 
a few folks walked around the corner was like, I knew that was you. Now I had been gone for two years. You telling me you still remember what my voice sound like? Do I just, is it just distinct <laughs> that you hear, you know? <laughs> so, I'm like, wait a minute. You thought you knew that was me. I've been gone for two years. What are you trying to say? Hey. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I think that I got away with so much working there i just knew i would be there forever until i up and hit them with the a so yeah i decided to move back to california <laughs> yeah yeah that kind of caught everybody off guard big time so, yeah so eh, it happens so now that you're back in california talk to me <clears throat> about the productive procrastinator where did that come from Oh, man. So as we all know, um, we all about to find out, I am a procrastinator. And the 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 name came from people not believing that I'm a procrastinator because I get so much stuff done. Um, So people when I tell people, oh, I procrastinate so bad, like, oh, it'll be days before I get to that, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and folks will always constantly see me moving forward, doing this. I'm always working. I'm always doing this. I'm always getting some results. I'm always posting about something that I just did that typically you can't be a procrastinator to do. Yep. <laughs> so it's always confusing to people like, I thought you said you're a procrastinator. I'm like, oh, I am. I should probably walk around with a body cam on myself uh, so people can see what it's really like. Um, but that's that's pretty much where it came from. I, I hate the negative um, like stigma that is attached to being a procrastinator because people be like, oh, you're a procrastinator. Oh, you're lazy. You know, and it's not laziness. What I've, yeah, what I've, what I've come to learn about procrastination is that procrastination really a lot of times is a response, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a response to maybe trauma, you know, or maybe um, you've, you've uh, got performance anxiety or maybe you're, a bit of an overachiever, you know, and um, for me, my procrastination comes from um, not having a realistic concept of time. Um, and yeah, my concept of time is all after. Let me tell you that. Like, <laughs> my concept of time, I always think I have way more time than what I actually have. And before I know what I look up and, um, you know, it's eight o'clock. And it's the worst in the summer because it doesn't get dark here until like nine o'clock at night. So, you know, as long as there's daylight, I'm thinking I still have all this time in the day to take care of stuff, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I really got to see how much of a procrastinator I was uh, these last two years in school Uh, because I was always um, it's always like, you know, in college year, the module opens up, you open up canvas, the, Module opens up on Monday. Usually all your homework is due Sunday at 1159. You know, I think that time frame is going to scar me for the rest of my life. Um, But, you know, you got until Sunday, 1159, you know, practically a week. Mm -hmm. And I'm always on Saturday night trying to do 20 homework assignments at one time. And I, I can't account for all of that time. What was I doing during that time? You know, and so I started getting really frustrated about it excuse me because I was trying to understand like where does your time go like what are you doing you wake up so early how Mm -hmm. in the world 
are you up against these deadlines? And um, so what I did was I wrote a book. I actually have a book on Amazon. Promote um, it, promote called, it. <laughs> yeah, it's called it's called It's Deeper Than That. Um, and it is an interactive workbook for procrastination. I don't expect anybody to finish it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but the, the thing is, you know, I have like, you know, just it's really about accountability, you know, and being able to say this is what I spent my time on. You know, I thought that all of my time was going to scrolling on Instagram and actually it doesn't. I don't spend nearly as much time on on social media as I thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, other stuff, you know, I could start cleaning my room and then I'll find like a bunch of unopened mail. Now, suddenly I want to read. (laughs) So I'll open every envelope and I will read every single thing in each envelope. Um, You know, if I need to go wash my car you know it's, it's the same thing you know I find one thing I get fixated on it all of my time goes away or I'll say okay well I got enough time to do this yeah I got enough time to do that um I'm late for church every Sunday because I don't pull my clothes out the day before <laughs> you know I live an hour away from my church you Jeez. know so I know yeah I know I have to be up I need to have my stuff together and every night it's like oh no I have a mental picture of where the clothes are Mm-hmm. And then when I go, they're not there. <laughs> and that's when the breakdown starts. <laughs> that's when the breakdown starts. You know, so um, so I still get it done, though. I still manage to get dressed and, and get there on time. So people yeah. have no view of what my morning was really like. They have no idea. My professors had no idea that I struggled so badly with procrastinating. You know, sometimes I was a music major, so they could tell when I had a performance, you know, when I'm singing in the wrong key, mm-hmm. you know, they knew I practiced it on the way to school, <laughs> whatever it was I had to <laughs> sing. They, they know I just learned this song, you know, um, I had to sing a lot of songs in foreign languages. Um, so they knew, you know, that that was a problem, you know, for me to stay on task. Yeah. But yeah, that's so that's. That's where where productive procrastinator came from. It came from my own personal bouts with procrastination and fighting for people who really deal with it because yeah. it's something that we have to deal with. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I definitely appreciate it because I I I've never heard anyone take that stance on it. The same the stance that you have on being productive and a procrastinator at the same time it's like at the same time yeah so it's like <laughs> i've never seen i've never talked to anyone at least who has taken that angle that you have of like all right cool i i own the fact that i'm a procrastinator <laughs> now let's add <laughs> to that like you know let's let's make that work for us so i definitely like yeah. i definitely appreciate that and i was a big fan of the book as well like Cause I remember when you were writing it and you were sending it, uh, like you would send me like, I think you sent me like the cover of it and something else. But I remember you were telling me you were like writing heavy in the book, and I was like, "This book's dope." You know, with being a procrastinator, is I'm trying to learn consistency. You mm-hmm. know, and I think it's it's really good to find one thing that you could stay consistent at for a particular period of time. And for yeah. me at that time was writing the books. I, I've written five books 
you know, um, three of them, four of them are on Amazon. And, you know, and I forget that I wrote them because I was procrastinating and I forget that that I put them out there because, you know, most of the time when you're procrastinating, you don't always follow through with the commitment. And I don't realize that I publish the book until I get the email once a month that tells me I'm getting ready to receive a payout for my royalties. Um, But yeah, but another, another area too, that I I recently started and to help me with procrastinating is going to the gym and going to the gym every day at, I try to do at the same time every day, but I can't. So I go generally around the same time every day. Um, and I, I stay for the same amount of time every day. There is no, oh, I'm just going to come in here for 15 minutes because that's all I feel like doing. You know, when you're trying to build up a habit of consistency, you can't really shortcut it. You can't mm-hmm. shortchange it. You just have to continue doing it, even if you don't feel like doing it. And there have been plenty of times that I didn't want to go. You know, um, I started going to the gym the beginning of last month. I've already lost 15 pounds. So that was like my motivation to keep going. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> thank you. Because <laughs> well, I tell you, Virginia don't have taco trucks. California has taco trucks. Oof. And I spent a lot of my time at taco trucks when I first moved here. So, but um, yeah, like building consistency is a really good, um, like a good way to fight procrastination. Find out why, trying to figure out why. Yeah. Um, is is also you have to know why. Um, I have a friend who, you know, she's terrified. She has performance anxiety. So she's terrified of doing things in front of people. Um, so it makes her put off doing things. You know, she's a speaker, mm-hmm. an amazing speaker, but she puts off um going after these opportunities because she has this fear. Um not it's not like so bad where she just absolutely won't do it, but she'll just put off or she'll keep rescheduling and rescheduling, you know? Yeah. And I tell her, I'm like, well, you know, procrastinating will definitely, um, it'll set you back. It'll rob you of so many opportunities. So you got to figure out why you're, why you're procrastinating. What is it that's holding you um, back from, you know, completing whatever you're trying to complete. And, you know, she bought my book. She writes the stuff down. She cried. She's such a wimp. She cried. She said she cried. She was like, I wrote down all of the time I spent doing other stuff outside of my goals. And I just cried. And I was like, oh, you're such a wimp. But, you know, <laughs> she she gets it. She gets it. She understands. She refers to the book. She has never finished. the. I don't know anybody who has finished the book, including myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like half done. But that's the point. Because we procrastinate, you know, I've asked people, did you buy my book? And I don't know if they're serious or not. And they'll be like, oh, I'll buy it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Do not procrastinate with buying the book. You know? yeah. so, <laughs> but, you know, it is it is what it is. But I just I really want people to understand that it's not laziness. You know, you leave it up to social media. Social media will diagnose you with all kinds of things oh and tell you God, that all yes. kinds of stuff is wrong with you. You know, um, laziness is unwillingness. It's a complete unwillingness. Yep. Procrastinators are willing. We exactly. just can't get started. We just can't get started. You just need that you boost know? to get you going. You and need a boost. Go. <clears throat> That's why I tell people don't rely on motivation. You know, um, rely on building healthy habits and building consistency because motivation is a, a fleeting. Um, it's it comes and goes. Oh, I'm not motivated all the time. Ever. I am not motivated 
hardly ever. I have like, it's hard for me to get motivated and to stay motivated. Yeah. It's hard for me to find inspiration. But if I focus on creating a habit, creating a healthy habit and building consistency, that's what I stick to. Because yeah. I'm not motivated to go to the gym. Do you know it is 110 degrees outside right now? I'm not motivated to go outside. I have Ooh. leather interior <laughs> in my car. <laughs> okay. I'm not ready to hear sizzle knowing that that's my back and my thigh meat cooking. <laughs> so, you know, so I don't, I don't have that motivation. People be like, oh, I'm so, I'm super motivated. I'm like, I'm happy for you. Yeah. I am. That's not where I am though. Nope. This, like, that's not my life today. <laughs> exactly. That's the, that's the same place I was in. Like the job I, I'm at now, like I got to wake up at five in the morning. Mm -hmm. You think I'm motivated to be up at five? No, that's stupid to me. That's what I'm saying. Like I had a mantra yeah. for, the, for years where I was like, I don't believe in waking up before 6 a.m. Like no one should have to wake up before 6 a.m. And look at me waking up at 5 a.m. every day. And it's like, it's like, all right, well, I got to do it. No, I'm not motivated to wake up. Yes, I'm going to sleep yeah. in as long as possible till it's time for me to go to work but then also like you said like i've i've developed uh, a routine as well where it's like yo once i get off work i take 45 minutes to an hour to myself to just relax and breathe yeah and, and then after that we'll go to the gym <clears throat> and then i'll come back and yeah. start the rest of my day but <laughs> excuse me but um but yeah like i i that's why I completely agree with that wholeheartedly because I know exactly how that feels. It's like, yo, even when it comes down to myself and creating art and stuff like that, half the time I'm not motivated until I'm already doing it. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Like yes. I'm, I'm <laughs> a quarter of the way in and then it's like, yo, I like where this is going. Let me keep doing it. Yeah, but to start it half the time I don't be wanting to do certain things. It's less like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do it next. Yeah, week. but then like I said, I'm also one of the people where it's like I have to force myself. Like, yo, all right, cool, let's get up, let's see what happens. Let's just put this on paper. Let's just put a little paint on the canvas and go from there to really try to keep yourself motivated. But um myself included most people don't really get motivated on certain things until they're actually doing it yeah that's definitely me i uh you know i don't really apologize for it you, you know have um to. i uh want i i tell people all the time you know um building routines is so key um, yes <laughs> you know um make your bed up every day um yes yes you know, yes <laughs> every day <laughs> i'm a stickler it, for that it doesn't have to be anything big and i think that a lot of people who who struggle with procrastination they try to bite off a whole lot more than they're not not so much that they more than they can choose another thing that i think causes procrastination in people too is folks looking at other people's stuff you see somebody else with the same idea that you had yep. and then they executed it and they seem to be making it work out. They see, I don't have a problem showing people the stuff that does not work out for me. At you all. know, I, I started a, a skin business, what in 2018, Roddy skin. Uh -huh. And I closed, I closed that business at the beginning of this year. 
And when people ask me about it, well, why'd you close it? The first thing I ask them is, well, what did you ever buy from me? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, you know, it's like, don't be upset. And it, it was hard because I made all of my products. I made everything. Yeah. And it, it just got difficult when, when I got into school, I was like, well, I can't sit here for, you know, 12 hours a day making body butter and soap, you know, and I have, you know, class. Um, but <clears throat> I close, play the drums. Um, I sing a voice. My voice is also an instrument. Um, yes. and I'm learning, I'm learning how to play the piano. Um, I had to do piano in order to get a degree in music. Um, I didn't have to play well, but, yeah. but I had to, I had to understand, you know, concepts. So I had to take music theory and things like that. Um, so the piano and guitar were two instruments that were required for me to learn in college. So those two I'm actually learning and they're very similar to one another. Um, and then I actually picked up the bass um, on my own. I bought this game on my Xbox uh, called Rocksmith and um, I just connect the bass cable from my bass to the Xbox. Mm-hmm. And then I can, I take bass lessons and learn how to play the bass. And I've learned how to play the bass pretty well oh, from a nice. video game. Yeah. So those are the the three instruments that or three instruments I'm learning, but definitely I play the drums. Like I'm a I'm definitely a drummer. So yeah. That so, like and a feminine one too. I wear high heels. I don't, you know, oh like I think I think that throws people off. <laughs> I do wear pumps. Uh it's, I've you know, never seen I'm at that church. a day in my life. Yeah, it's it's so funny because I, I remember back in the day when I went to church in Williamsburg and we would visit other churches and the other churches would be like, um, where y'all drummer at? And then my pastor would be like, she right there, you know, and I got on a dress and, you know, and then I get out there, I play with, with the boys, I you know, I'd be out there with the guys, you know, and it's like, you know, what y'all, what you want to do? That's, what you want to do? That still baffles me because like my dad's a drummer. And and I used to be like, yo, how do y'all do this? Like, how do y'all just be playing in full dress clothes? That looks so uncomfortable to me. It is hot. (laughs) It is hot. Like, if anyone at church should be allowed to wear a T-shirt and some sweats, it should be the drummer. Who are you telling? I wish I could come up in there with some basketball shorts on and a wife beater. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine how much better I'd probably be if they just let me dress comfortable? But nah. And and I, you know, I first started playing at church in Williamsburg with no air conditioning. Like oh, typical black church. Suffered. It's typical. Okay. Very typical. You know, I got sweat rings in my dress. I mean, just looking crazy. Uh, but you know it is what it is that's part of my part of my music foundation (laughs) so so what was that transition like or what was the thing that kind of pushed you towards screenwriting and and what I wouldn't say away from music but kind of turned your focus more towards screenwriting instead of music um I would have to say the pandemic because when I first got into the music program at school, it was not easy. I came in a semester late um, deciding to be a music major because um, all the classes are in a certain order. You have to take music theory. You have to take 
uh, four semesters, but you have to start at music theory one and go up to four. And when I started, um, only music theory two was being offered. So um, the pandemic kind of screwed my plans around a little bit um, in that I couldn't start the music, the music when I wanted to, because when they shut the campus down, um, there weren't very many music classes being offered. Yeah. So um, in order for me to get into the music department, I had to read um, almost an entire textbook. <laughs> um, and and I also had to audition uh, to get into uh, a class called Applied Music, which is a performing class. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had to do that and just to get into being a music major. And it was hard because at that time, everything was still online school. Everything was, and it's really hard to study music online. Oh, that's even tougher. So, yeah. So when they finally opened everything up and we were back on campus, I had kind of lost a lot of my interest. And, um, yeah, and it was like, I was trying to like, okay, well, we're back on campus now. Everything should be all good. But then like the schools that I wanted to transfer to, um, they started making changes to their programs. Um, they started making these ridiculous changes to the tuition. Um, and these were private schools. Um, and, you know, they're already expensive, yeah. uh, but they got to be where I just couldn't afford them at all. Mm-hmm. So um, I said, well, let's see what else I can do. And I didn't want to, I, I just didn't want to do anything music related, audio engineering related, sound related online. I did not want to do it. People were like, oh, you could do full cell university i'm like nope it's online i don't even want to do that so yeah it doesn't seem I right decided, um yeah so and and you know when you're online you miss opportunities when producers come into the school um because the school i was going was going to be going to is in hollywood and all people talk about is you know the the famous people that come on campus you know and as a matter of fact this la- this super bowl this year um the people quite a few people who played for that set for Snoop Dogg, they all went to this school that I was trying to go to. And um, yeah, so it was like, gosh, I really wanted to do it, but I, I couldn't, they had the tuition had got to be to the point where I was like, you know, I can't afford that. Even after student loans, I still couldn't afford it. So I said, well, I'll choose a school that I can do online where it makes sense to do it online. So I chose Arizona state. Um, and I was able to, you know, really get a feel for the program. And then, you know, I just made a decision. Okay. So um, even though it is also expensive, but it was, it's still not as much as the music schools. So, yeah. So we'll see what happens later on. You know, I might, you know, come back to it. But right now it's all about writing and the film and media side. So I'm cool with it. Okay. That's that's always the that's always the best part when you're just like, all right, cool. My passion kind of lies somewhere else now. I'm just going to pivot now <laughs> because yeah. I can always go back like you're, you'll always be able to go back to music. Uh, I feel like that's in, in certain aspects like there, there's always going to be something because you put so much into it. You can always go back to it. Right. And, you know, I already have spent money. I bought, you know, Logic um, 
to um I bought a couple of dogs. So I bought uh Logic, I bought Ableton, which is, you know, some software that I can make music with. I, you know, I have keyboards, I got instruments here. Like I can do whatever I want. I got the microphones. Like I had paid for all this equipment. Uh I got monitors. Like I this one corner in my room looks like a recording studio. You know, so I taught myself how to do quite a bit. I made a couple of songs for some people. You know, and I'm like, well, if if I ever get back to doing this and have the time, at least I'll be pretty prepared for it. You know, yeah. so you know, I'm I'm in a good spot. I'm in a good spot for that. Cool. That's and like I said, that's that's always kind of the best place to be because, like, even for me, like, I never this podcast alone is a pivot for me because, um kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier with people and like there are certain fears and stuff they have like mm -hmm. people don't believe me when I tell them I have a fear of public speaking and I don't really like talking in front of people like that but somehow I always end up doing it right. and so to like <laughs> kind of bring it full circle like it's funny like I'll never forget that that meeting we had at work that day that that uh it was like some type of competition or like presentation or something. And they had me talk the entire mm. time. And I was just like, I hate doing this. <laughs> but also too, yeah. it, but the thing that kind of pushes me to do it is like, I'm also, as much as I hate doing it, I'm also having fun doing it with the people around me. Right. I get that. Yeah. And so like that's why I was even saying like this podcast and it's in and of itself for me is a pivot because like I've done other podcasts before. Like I've been and helped host other podcasts, but and it's always but it's always been in like a group setting. And the pandemic kind of helped push this where it was just like, all right, you know, it's just me. I just want to add something more to the umbrella of whatever I'm doing creatively. I did. I could dig that. Yeah, yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So it's like, and then on top of that, like the thing that made this even kind of cooler for me is like the fact that it's like everybody I'm talking to, I know. So I don't really have to stress too much about it. Like I <laughs> like I know that everybody I get to pick who I want to talk to. And that's it. But been, I think that's always a plus to be able to pick who you want to talk to. Definitely. Yes. That's that's what really kind of that's what my selling point to myself was on this. Because I had like I had the whole plan for this already built up for probably about two or three months. Mm -hmm. Like I had everything set up. But interviews and I'm like. Cause I'm just like I wait till the last minute and just be like, do I even really want to do this? Like, what am I gonna yep. talk about? And then, yep. and then it it happened like after the first episode dropped, and I got like feedback from it, and it was so dope because everyone loved the fact that it was like people were just coming to my house and just being really comfortable and just chilling and talking. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. That's the angle I could take. I can just talk to people regular. I don't have to ask questions. Like it's a phone call. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, it's, like, like you on the phone. I think 
one thing with with podcasts that are you know everybody does not um have the gift of podcasting um or hosting a podcast and i think that if there ever was an area um that is like super duper overly saturated i think is is podcasting oh, because Highly. because it's it's free to get on to any of the podcast platforms yep. um you can um you can get royalty free trap music for your background music if you have an intro like you know you can go on any little site make yourself a little logo you know you could put it together make it look like whatever you want it to look like and then and build up all this anticipation and hype and then people listen to it and you are whack and yep. that is like the hardest thing for me to deal with with people um who create because it's just like what is it that even even though everybody's doing it, you still have to find something that makes you an individual because I can listen to five or six podcasts a day for five or six different reasons. You know, they all uh-huh. give me something different to listen to. So, you know, in in, in this era of, um, of duplicating everything, you know, everybody copies everything from someone else. You know, it's like, I just want to hear just some authentic, I'm doing it because this is me this is who I am. Like you said, just like a, just a conversation, you know, and, and it goes so smoothly and I've enjoyed it. I've, I have been asked to be on a few different podcasts like over the past few years and they were just so cringy because they were like forcing something, you know, that, that didn't need to be forced. I'm like, it's just a conversation, you know? Um, I had one, one person had me on their show and they were trying to roast me. But we know that hey, I'm the queen of roasting. Yeah, like, why would you do that? You can't roast me. You know, so, you know, and it, it, it just, it got weird. And I actually went through the whole thing. And by the time it was over, like, they didn't even play the episode. I'm like, so not only did you try to roast me and ended up getting roasted in the process, you wasted, like, two hours of both of our time. You know, so, you know, but, you know, I just if if people are if you're gonna do it because i i started a podcast and i realized it just wasn't for me uh-huh. you know um i had a few episodes and um i started out i tell you i started out sitting at my desk in front of the microphone first episode was superb everybody was like you are good at this and i was like really <laughs> yes when's the next episode i was like i think i'm gonna do every wednesday so you know because that's all i had time for people were like oh you're not gonna do it every day i'm like the hell no i don't get paid for this This (laughs) i'm not the news this This is not a nationally syndicated show what are you talking so i'm like yeah wednesdays that's it okay so i did it a few times but i noticed every time i would do it it was like i have to report record my podcast and i start at my desk then i'd be in my car doing it then I, I think what eventually made me stop was like the last episode I recorded, I was laying down in the bed. You oh, could man. tell that I was laying down. You could so tell because I was entirely too relaxed. And it, it was like, and it's just me. It's just me talking. I didn't have a host. I mean, um, a guest. So I'm just like, bro, I can't do this anymore. And that was it. I didn't give no warning or nothing. <laughs> People still asking do you still do your pocket? No, I don't. So no. listen to them five episodes that I got up. Just keep them on repeat. You yeah, know, but I, had, I, I had somebody ask me the other day. They was like, are you still doing the old podcast? I'm like, first of all, that podcast has, hasn't dropped it 
episode in like two years. What? (laughs) (laughs) First of all, but also, no, I'm not. But like, that's that's why I created this. That's why I created the Artist Block podcast because it was like everyone's like, it's like, yeah, like every the pandemic gave everyone a podcast. And and then everyone started kind of talking about the same thing. And it's and I I, I ain't got no issues with it. Like everybody everybody's talking about what's going on on Twitter or what's going on in the world. And it's or it's, you know, what's what's some trending topics we can talk about and or sports. And so for me, it was like, all right, I don't want to do none of that. I don't want to talk about what's going on on twitter or anything else like that like i i really don't i see it every day and so that's where the whole concept from this came from it was like yo i just want to talk to all my friends who are creatives because i actually sat down one day and looked and i'm like yo a lot of my friends if not all of my friends do something that i'm really fascinated by and i just want to talk to them about it and with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the pod here. Once again, I appreciate you so much, Leslie, for hopping on. It really means a lot. And to everybody out there listening, I know the deal. Go to therapy, drink some water, and I will talk to y'all later. See ya.